0: Hallelujah. Famine everywhere. And the prophet stood and said, Tomorrow about this time. I don't know when your tomorrow is. If it might be a literal tomorrow, it might be next week or next month, but tomorrow about this time. Oh, I feel the presence of God so very real. It's amazing. And he's speaking to us where we live, and I'm always so grateful for that. You may be seated. I'm going to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 22. Verse 16 is the second shortest verse in the Bible. Like the, or the, the verse that is the shortest in the word of God found in St. John 11 and verse 35 that famously says Jesus wept. This verse in First Thessalonians 5 is also only two words long. It's longer than St. John 11 and 35 by just a few letters and like the verse in saint john though it is very brief it is literally packed chock full of meaning and significance you see for that verse in saint john 11:35 jesus wept it gives us incredible insight into how much god loves us and cares for us and it's significant for this reason jesus has returned back to bethany and Mary and Martha are weeping and Jesus is standing at the grave of Lazarus. And he already knows he's going to resurrect him from the dead when he weeps. And the people that divided the Bible into verses to make it easy to study in the 1600s, they felt this one verse of only two words Jesus wept was so significant that it could stand by itself and stand alone. Because it shows how deeply Christ cares for us. Knowing he's going to call Lazarus out of the tomb. He looks over and sees the tears of Lazarus' two sisters. And cannot help but weep for the pain they experience. I'm so glad we have a God that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So glad. Amen. Similarly, these short verses in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 22 are particularly powerful and meaningful. For the Apostle Paul is literally giving us keys that have the capacity to change and transform our lives in profound and extraordinary ways. Each one of these verses that I'm about to read is deeply revelational. So don't ever just read over them. They're they're more than instructional. They're revelational. That is, if you follow the instruction, it unpacks and opens up something in your life. They each contain, independent from the other verses, the amazing potential to literally alter the trajectory and the course of your life. And so I'll read. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. That's verse 17. Verse 18. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verse 19. Do not quench the spirit. Verse 20. Do not despise prophecies. Number 21. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Look at your neighbor and say, some stuff you better hold on to. Amen. I'm talking to husbands right now. Amen. I'm talking to some wives. Amen. Abstain from every form of evil. Father, our Lord in heaven, Speak to us now, open your word Let the prophetic and revelational insight of these scriptures Be shared with us For we need you to cause us to be able to understand and hear your word We don't want to just listen to the sounds The vocalization of vowels and consonants That doesn't help what we want to hear is the voice of the Spirit, he who has an ear to hear. Let us be one of those that do have an ear to hear. We ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Shout it out loud. Amen. Amen. My subject today is appropriate to the course of events that will transpire this week. I want to speak from the subject, Thanksgiving. The key to changing your season. I just wanna add this one word of caution and I don't mean to exert any kind of a damping effect by saying this, please do be careful this week, please. I don't know exactly what our family's gonna do. Uh, I've only got two kids, but we got a slew of grandkids and now some great grandkids and, and you know, all I can say is, you know, some of our states, they've just canceled Thanksgiving altogether. And don't you love the hypocrisy of some of our government officials? Can't even go to church in California, but they busted Governor Newsom at a birthday party without a mask. We knew that. Come on. We've been knowing stuff like that goes on for a long time. And I'm not here just to knock him. I'm not. I'm not I'm not taking issue I just don't know how serious this whole Thanksgiving thing could be with a bunch of folk crowded in. So please, I'm going to ask you to be careful. You notice I always wear my mask and while I'm in the building. I do it for a reason. I want to set an example for you. And you wear yours when you come in. And then you take it off when you sit down. And they say that's okay, but you put it back on when you... You go out, I appreciate that so very much. Just all I'm going to say is be careful. We practice social distancing. I'm going to share with you a time when there was social distancing in the Bible. Did y'all know there was social distancing in the Bible? Y'all didn't know that. Did you know that they had to wear a mask in the Bible? Yeah. I'm going to share it with you. But I want to begin by looking at what these verses represent because all of these verses that I read are actually keys. I have keys in my pocket. Key fob that opens the door over here. Keys to my office. Other keys, I don't even know what some of them are for. Seriously, I don't. (laughs) They say the bigger your key ring, the lower you are on the totem pole. (laughs) I got too many keys on mine already. Amen. Keys provide access, access to your home, access to your business, your garage, access to a closet, access to a safe or whatever it is you might have, an office. Keys are important. These keys that Paul has given us are the keys to a more rewarding and fulfilled life. I want to particularly look. Because I don't have time to preach them all. Lord I could. Pray without ceasing. What a key. What a key. Amen. What a key when he tells us rejoice always. But I want to look particularly. At verse number 18. For it says in everything. Say it with me. In Give thanks. One more time. In everything, give thanks. Say that at home with me if you're watching online. Amen. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in Christ that you give thanks. I want you to notice that it did not say for everything. It said, but in everything. And that's especially important to understand in 2020. Wow, what a year this has been. They used to say when March came in like a lamb, it went out like a lion. When it came in like a lion, it would go out like a lamb. We're not talking about a month. We're talking about a whole year. Where we have seeing things that we never thought we would ever see in our lifetime. Talk about a challenging year. If there ever was a year that you might personally struggle with the idea of giving thanks to God, this is probably the year that you've had your biggest struggle, 2020. Wow. It's just not the kind of year you wanna see replicated next year, amen. And as believers, we actually actually must be very careful to not succumb to the negativity that is all around us. Hopefully, you're living in thanksgiving every day of your life. I can tell you this. There are sure a lot of folk out there that all they do is they're talking up the negatives. Amen. And yet we all have so much to be thankful for. I want you to think about that. Psalms 103 lists five things that we ought to be giving God thanks for every day of our lives. It begins like this in verse 1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's some benefits to serving God. Verse 3 says that one of those is who forgives all of our iniquities. That's enough right now for me to just close my Bible and spend the rest of the afternoon saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Forgives all of our iniquities. All of our sins are gone. Did you hear that Psalms 103 verse uh, I'm sorry 103 uh, let's see let me find it again 103 verse 3 but I let me read to you what Psalms 139 verse 5 says in the passion translation because I read it earlier this week in my own devotions and it blessed me so much it says you've gone into my future The psalmist is speaking to God. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. How many of you know it's wonderful to have God in your future already arranging things so that you will be blessed? How many of y'all know that? Praise God to give away the turkeys, they had to come up here on Friday and organize everything and get everything set up. God's already in your tomorrow, setting up the tables that he's gonna get the blessings from to put in the trunk of your car. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He's already arranged the, the movement of the pieces that are gonna result in your promotion. Your your blessing is already taken care of, and the God that doesn't live in time but lives outside of time looks back and said, "If they could only see what's waiting for them tomorrow." But that's not all; He also goes into your past. Oh Lord, have mercy to spare you from the harm of the bad things you did and the mistakes you made. I'm preaching to somebody who is living under condemnation. He's already taken care of your path. Give God a shout of praise in this building. I wish I had time to talk about all these things. He heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. I I could stop right there. How many of you wouldn't even be here right now if the devil had planned and carried through on the things that he was plotting? for your life. If he had been allowed to go ahead and finish those plans, you'd be pushing up daisies right now. But God kept that car from crossing the center line that would have taken you out. Hallelujah. You walked in and there was COVID all around you and you didn't know it at the HEB and and you were breathing in and God killed all of that germ, that virus, that bacteria. You're still here I need somebody to look at a neighbor and say I'm still here I made it thus far Hallelujah Not supposed to be But I'm here anyway Because of the grace of almighty God I've survived The song that Janoi sang a while ago Said you've survived the worst of times (laughs) Yeah, I have. I'm feeling pretty good about it too because I know it wasn't me, it was the grace of God that brought me through it. Hallelujah. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, there's a difference in getting justice and getting mercy. I prayed many a time, God, don't let me have justice. I hear all these folks saying, I want justice. I want justice. I say, not me, Lord, them, not me. I want mercy. Amen. They can have all the justice they can handle. I I, I want mercy. That's what I want. Because God knows if he had dealt with me after my sins or rewarded me according to my iniquities, I would not be here. But as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed my transgressions from me. Somebody in the building ought to say, thank you, Lord. Tender mercies, not just mercy, but tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. (laughs) Provisions. Israel had manna on the ground. I've never seen manna on the ground, but I've had manna of a different kind in times when there were difficulties and we didn't know how we would make it. But God has a way of doing his best work when times are the worst And his light shines the brightest in the darkest hour. Somebody I'm talking to is walking through a midnight in their life right now. I just thought I'd encourage you. God does his greatest work at night. I just want you to know that. God does his greatest work. The the sun went down and Israel was in front of the Red Sea. But all that night a wind blew. When they got up the next morning, there was a road to the middle of the Red Sea. God works at night. God works when you're sleeping. God works in your darkness. God works in the middle of your midnight. Yes, he does. The result of these five things is that our youth is renewed like the eagles. We have a lot to be thankful for. In Luke 17, there's an extraordinary story. We find a number of fellows who apparently uh, weren't feeling very thankful. Read with me in King James. I usually like to read from a number of other translations that are a little more modern to get beyond some of the these and the thous and the shouts that are not common to to today's vernacular but this time i'm going back to the king james because it says what the scripture says so clearly luke 17 12 through 19 speaking of christ as and he had come through samaria which he wasn't even supposed to be there because Jewish people didn't go through Samaria. Samarians and Samaritans were outcasts. If you were a Jewish businessman and you had to be on the other side of Samaria, which was only a day's journey. You would not walk through Samaria. You went all the way around it. And you know how long that journey took? Seven days. That's how little contact Jewish people would allow themselves to have with Samaritans. But Jesus has come through Samaria. Boy, I tell you what, to the day I die, i will be grateful for the fact he visits places that a lot of us will not go. Amen. He's walked into bar rooms, he's walked into crack houses, hello somebody. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're responding. He walked right where you were, found you, drug you out of there when you didn't want to go, brought you to the house of God, washed you in the blood of Jesus and set you free. He goes where church folk don't want to go. He goes where other folk don't want to go. And as he entered this certain village of Galilee, Galilee was also comprised of people with questionable ethnicity and heritage. And so the Jewish people didn't have a whole lot to do with them either. And there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest." And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. Oh, that's where I'm going to end up right there. Just letting you know in advance. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But oh, where are the nine? He expresses disappointment in the fact that even though he had not articulated or verbalized an instruction that they should come back and thank him, just common sense should have made them understand that as an act of courtesy and gratitude, they should come and say, thank you. But only one did. And he said, There are not found that return to give God glory to God, save this one stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. This is a fascinating story. There were ten lepers in this village that Jesus comes to. We don't even know the name of the village. It is some distance from Jerusalem because we know that because it is in Galilee. And these 10 lepers were there. And leprosy in that day was apparently a much more virulent disease than it is today. And highly communicable, unlike modern day leprosy. uh, Diseases and organisms that cause them can mutate. And apparently that's what happened. What leprosy did was not cause you to feel extreme pain. To the contrary, it deadened your nerve endings and destroyed them where you did not feel pain. So you could burn a finger, hurt a hand, a foot. Somebody could stand on your foot. You might not even feel it, that, that kind of thing. And you could get injuries. And for that reason, that these people always had serious infections associated with their diseases. Now, I almost went to the Internet. In fact, I did go to the Internet, and I Googled some pictures of people that had leprosy. But you need to... Th- to thank me talking about Thanksgiving I decided not to bring those into this service because you can Google those for yourself after you have lunch because trust me it's not pleasant and so their noses would rot and fall off they'd get a sore on their nose it get infected an ear and so they're walking away with walking around with nubs and toes missing and, and the characteristic disappearance of the nose common among lepers and ears missing. And there's 10 of these guys standing over there. And when you had the disease of leprosy because it was so highly communicable, they would not allow you to live at home anymore. And so the diagnosis of leprosy meant immediate separation from all of your loved ones, family, friends, business associates. You couldn't go to the house. Of God, you couldn't worship with other people, and you couldn't kiss your wife, hug your baby, your granddaughter. No, that was out. And so you lived with others with a similar disease. And what's significant, and I want to point this out, is these lepers, when they heard Jesus came to town, they came to the one who could help them. Look at somebody and say, They came. Would you do that? They didn't stay away. They didn't hide like so many of us do. When we have problems, we commiserate with ourselves. We wrap our blanket around ourselves. Won't turn the light on in the bedroom. We hide. They didn't do that. They came to Jesus. And secondly, they came and worshiped. We know that because they cried out and said, Master. Which is in itself an address of worship, a greeting of worship. It means I recognize your supremacy, your greatness. So they came to him. Now this is, if you go approach God, this is how you do it. You not only come to God, but you come worshiping. You see, you don't get anywhere in, in your life until you recognize that Jesus is the master of everything in every situation that you're going through. That's a word for somebody in this house right now. I'm talking to somebody, somebody here needs to know that Jesus is the master of your situation. You may feel out of control and at mercy of what's happening around you, but I want you to know he's got the whole world in his hands. Yes, he does, amen. And they acknowledge that Jesus was master. And some of us that are believers we don't always do that because there's a part of our lives that we haven't surrendered to God. And, you know, there's some little something that keeps popping up from time to time. And you discover something new and you thought you'd let all that be put under the blood. And now you have to deal with that because the process of being a, a child of God is an onward progression. You're walking it out. And uh, at least that's the way it is with me. I keep surprising myself with stuff that pops out of the world. I didn't know I was in there amen now you looking at me saying pastor i'm gonna pray for you please do i need the prayer you might need the practice amen <laughs> praise god <laughs> especially if you think that you're perfect already <laughs> can i just joke with you amen in fact if you're one of those that have got it all figured out please wait till service is over i'd like to shake your hand Cause I've never met a real saint before and I'd really love to before this day is over and I'm talking about a real saint halo and everything Well, I met folk that had halos, but they had to take them off and polish them all the time, you know But the kind you don't have to polish, I hadn't seen that So they made Jesus master They recognized his lordship and cried out, Master. So they came, they worshiped, and then they prayed. They said, Lord, we need you to have mercy on us. So many people don't get anywhere in life with their problems because they don't take them to God in prayer. They don't pray about them. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer changes things. Can I hear an amen out there? Preach, pastor. I'm going to. I'm working up to it. Amen. Because I want to show you something. You see, what I've discovered is that you're one of those that think you can figure it out by yourself. God will just stand over and let you try. Until you finally reach the point that you say, I tried it. I failed. I need you, master. Master, where are you, master? And you come to him in worship. Making your need known to the Lord. And have you noticed that even though they were worshiping and praying that all 10 of them stood afar off together? (laughs) Do you notice that? Isn't it interesting how when we have some drama going on in our lives, one of the first things we do is find some other folk with the same drama going on in theirs to hang around with. Oh, yes, we do. Look. Look. If they couldn't fix their relationship problem, what makes you think their advice is gonna fix yours? We go to Uncle Joe for investment strategies and he's on social security and by the third week of the month, he's borrowing 25 bucks from you. You know what? He can't tell you how to invest, but they're hanging around folk that are in their same situation, that are needy, that are broken. You have to be so careful about those that you have and a permit to be in your inner circle. And they realize that we're in bad shape, but instead of, you know, you know, finding folks that might be able to help them move in a progressive manner toward wholeness, they found other folk it was just in bad a shape as they were. Misery loves company. Have you noticed that? The complainers hang around with the complainers. Oh, I'm preaching a lot better right now. than <laughs> Hello. That's what all this division in our nation is about right now. We all do a lot of good for one another if we'd get together. You know what I mean? Amen. Instead of separating and fussers over here and this group over here and that group over here. And, and the lepers all hang around each other. And I want you to notice that when they cried out, not only did they come and not only did they worship and not only did they pray, but they asked for mercy. Lord, sometimes we need the mercies of God. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody that may feel like you're beyond the reach of God, but you're not. The hand of the Lord is not short. His, his ear is not heavy that he can't hear. He can save you right where you are at. You say, but you don't know what I'm going through. It doesn't matter. He does. And he said this, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse you of all sin and unrighteousness. They cried out and said, we need mercy, amen. And they also stood afar off. I told you there was social distancing in the Bible because this disease was so communicable, they were not allowed to get close to one another. And lepers also wore a mask over their face, just like some of you have on right now. That's right. So they were wearing masks 2000 years ago and they were social distancing 2000 years ago, amen. And they saw Jesus. And stood far off, social distancing with a mask, help. The reason you wore that mask is because if anybody got within 12 feet, literally, that's what it was, 12 feet, of where you were, they didn't notice. You had to turn around, then they saw the mask and you had to say, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And they were like, oh, okay. And get away because they didn't want that contagion in their home. So they stood afar off, but this is the point. You can't stand so far off that he doesn't see you. He saw them. He heard their cry. How many of you, you were a long way from the cross, but he heard your cry. How many of you were a long way from salvation, but he saw you, he found you. Hello. David said he had to reach way down into the miry clay and drag me out of the pit, but he set me on a rock to stay. And Jesus said, now I want you to go and show yourself to the priest. And I'm, I'm wrapping up. What is significant about this is that that was a Mosaic law, an instruction, a fundamental requirement. If you had leprosy, when you were cleansed, you were required to go to the priest. That's back in Jerusalem. That's why I emphasize there in a village far from Jerusalem. You had to go to Jerusalem, no matter what port of Israel you lived in find a priest and he would declare you yeah you're 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 clean because what happened is even though that disease rotted away fingers and toes and ears and nose and left other severe damage that was external in nature that when you were healed of leprosy you know the raw wounds went away and it didn't restore the fingers that were missing though that's that's what You should notice. The toes that had fallen off, it didn't grow back. Ear, nose, you know, and that didn't grow back. It's just the raw, ugly, infected wounds disappeared and went away. And so you'd go show the priest, look, look, the infection is gone, the wounds have healed over. I've got got skin like a baby's now. And he'd look at those misshapen hands and feet and say, yeah, It's obvious you had leprosy, but it's also obvious the wounds are gone. And Jesus said this to these men while they still had the infection. While their bodies were still filled with corruption. He said, go show yourself to the priest. That was what they were supposed to do after they were healed. But he said, go do it before got to watch this with me. And they went because they knew that inherent in those words, go show yourself to the priest, there was the hint of a promise. He didn't come out and say, you'll be healed on the way. He said, just go show yourself to the priest. That's all you need. Sometimes all you need is one little word from God that'll change your situation. Sometimes all you need is just one little glimmer of hope. One little word of encouragement that will change the situation. And they started walking to Jerusalem, and that's far away. You say, but what does that mean? I guess they were faking it till they make it. No, they were faithing it till they make it. Sometimes you've got to faith it. You've got to declare things that are not as though they are. I'm talking to somebody right now that needs to declare my situation is changing right now. Who am I talking to? Somebody's season is going to shift here today. Amen. And it might not happen today. It might happen tomorrow. might not happen tomorrow. But by the time I get to where I'm going, the infection's going to be gone. You know why? Because I'm not gonna walk one hour and stop. I'm gonna keep walking until I get everything that I need. I'm gonna walk it out by faith. I'm talking to somebody, God's word to you is you need to walk it out by faith. You need to walk it out by faith. You need to walk it out. out. And so as they're walking, since they're anticipating or expecting a healing, I can see these lepers just every few minutes looking down. the infection gone yet? No, Charlie, not yet. Fred, your infection gone yet? No, not yet. But they keep looking, and all of a sudden, they looked, and the infection was healed. I feel like I could shout right now. Y'all just may have to hold my coat while I have myself a Holy Spirit breakdown because I want you to understand something here. Amen. When they saw their flesh had been healed, they were ecstatic. And nine of them started walking faster. They can't get to, they can't hardly wait to get to the temple to show themselves to the priests so they could hurry home to their families. But one of them, who is a Samaritan, while the other nine are hurrying faster to Jerusalem, stops, looks at those misshapen hands, missing fingers, at those toes, the wounds are gone, and he starts walking the other direction back to a no-name village where Jesus was hallelujah 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 he's got one thing on his mind and when Jesus looks up and sees him the man begins to cry out with a loud voice thank you, thank you thank you Jesus said, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Say this stranger, this Samaritan's the only one come back to thank me. Where are the nine? I want to ask that question this Thanksgiving week. Where are the nine? You survived. You've made it through the worst of times. You've come through 2020 by the grace of God. God spared you. God didn't let a car cross the center stripe of the highway. You were in the hospital, but you made it out, and you're here this morning. Maybe you lost a loved one, but God's grace saw you through, and he sustained you in the middle of the circumstance. You know what impacts me the most about this story is the Samaritan apparently shouted his thanks louder than his request. He started out shouting, mercy, have mercy on me, master. But now that he's been healed, he's shouting louder than he did when he made his request. No, you know what our problem is? We shout our need louder than we shout our thanksgiving. I'm talking to somebody that if you would learn to give him thanks the way you learn to make your need known. It could change your life. So why give thanks? Give thanks in everything, not for everything. Stand with me, I'm done. Romans 8 and 28 we know. I need somebody to help me. We know. I'm not guessing. I need somebody to stop guessing. Can I hear it? We know. Shout it out, we know. I've already told you you ought to shout sometimes louder about what God is doing for you than about what the need was. We know! that all things all things all things we know that 2020 works for the good to those that love God that love God and who are the called according to his purpose and then Jesus did something And this is where I finish. Jesus did something for the Samaritan that came back to give thanks that he didn't do for the other nine. And this is why I read it in the King James. We already know they were healed. And some of the more modern translations says that he told the Samaritan, go your way, you're healed. Well, he had already been healed. That's why he came back. So that lets me know that that's not altogether accurate in the way it's translated in some of the newer translations. So I went back to the original. They were healed on the way to see the priest. But it's an accurate translation when Jesus told the man who had been healed but was still missing fingers and toes. You're made whole. Fingers popped out." Toes popped out. Hear what I'm saying. I feel like having myself a Thanksgiving breakdown here today. Woo! Jesus didn't just heal him, he restored. 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 I need somebody in this building that's facing problems and you want more than a healing you want a restoration to say restored 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 i'm getting my money back i'm getting my house back i'm getting my marriage back i'm getting my life back no doubt 2020 has cost you more than you wanted to give And you might not even feel that you have much to thank God for this year. Maybe you lost a reputation, a name that was good, made some mistakes. If you will thank God in everything, he will change it. And this is the final picture. I love the book of Nehemiah. You know what the theme of the book of Nehemiah is? It's restoration. It, the city had been devastated. The temple destroyed. The walls torn down. There were hardly two stones left on top of each other. And Nehemiah went back to rebuild the wall. And he had all these enemies that were trying to stop him. Sanballat, Tobiah, a whole bunch. But you know what Nehemiah did? It is so fascinating. While there were people that were fighting with a and had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, they were building the wall, ready to be attacked, waiting. He took some of those, and their assignment was to stand in the middle of the rubble and just say, thank you, Lord. They, that was their job. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Standing among the stones and the mess, they just said, "Thank you, Lord." With Sandalit, Tobiah, out there, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the middle of their situation, thank you, Lord. Well, if hit his bell. If you're watching at home i'd love for you to join in how many in this building need to give their heart to god today would you raise your hand right where you are and say pray for me pastor i need jesus in my life god bless you sir keep raising hands keep raising them raising them god bless you god bless you god bless you sir god bless you keep raising hands god bless you god bless you god bless you raise them God bless you. God bless you up in the back on top. God bless you on the top, on the opposite side. God bless you. If you need Christ in your life and your home, raise your hand too. And I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, I pray that you would save those that need you. We come to you needing a Savior. We come to you saying, Master, save us. Forgive us of our sins. Be the Lord of our lives. Wash us with the blood of Calvary. And today we declare that we believe in the resurrected Son of God, who is our salvation and our hope.